The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your weekly dispatch from the dystopian reality that is Ole Miss Athletics. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Back at you again. Took a week off last week, but we're back uh, stronger than ever with the vengeance. Got my co-host, John Stefanczyk here. What's up, John? How you doing, man? We're doing good. little Tuesday, Tuesday night action, and we got Tuesday night NFL, mm-hmm. uh, Tuesday NBA night baseball. Playoffs. Yep. Bachelorette debut. Some people are into that. Not myself, but there's a lot of conflicts. Tonight. Not yourself, but you still know that it's on. I had no idea. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It check it cold. out later. All right, and uh, of course, Ole Miss this week taking on Arkansas, so we had to get our resident Razorback. Uh, let's see, Razorback. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Our our inside the program man. We got Austin Miller joining us. What's up, Austin? How you doing, buddy? Doing good. Watching the Braves in like. In, in a in a playoff round that's not the division series, so that's that's kind of a new development, right? And uh, the, not to jinx it, but they are currently whipping the Dodgers' ass. Is that right? That is, it's six nothing last I checked. But um, it's I'm just I'm just waiting for the shoe to fall at this of point. Of course, of course, yeah, you're gonna get back to order. It's gonna be three zero, and they sweep the last four or something. But hey, I'm cheering for the Braves. That's for sure. You know, fuck the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, that game, that game last night was pretty fun. They, they it was like one one going to the ninth, and then the Braves just opened it up on them. Uh, good stuff. Well, you know, I mentioned we didn't record last week, uh, so Ole Miss gets in the win column in Lexington. It's a shootout. You know, they win in overtime because Kentucky's kicker misses an extra point. Um, although, to be honest, even if he had made the extra point, you know, I think he probably would have gone double, triple overtime. I'm not sure when. Somebody was going to blink first. I don't know if it was going to be Ole Miss or Kentucky, but Ole Miss – Or Lane Wagner for two. Yeah, yeah. I can see Lane going Yeah, I, I could see it. I mean, yeah. honestly, I think in that case, he would have been reticent because that was honestly a pretty important win. You know, coming off of Florida, knowing you have Alabama the week after, you want to get something in the win column there. So, uh, getting his first SEC win, pretty pretty good overall. I mean, Kentucky isn't great, but they're, they're not the worst team in the league either. Um, and they were hungry for the win as well. So, overall, it was a good game. Kentucky beat another school that we that we care about. <laughs> yep, yep. So that we'll we will get to other schools around the league briefly or shortly here, I should say. But yeah, lots of fun things happening down in Starkville. Um, you know, kind of as predicted almost after the Florida game, and we said, you know, it would be very much like Mike Leach to beat LSU in Game One, turn around and lose to Arkansas. But then, I mean, you take it even to the next level when the following week he gets beat twenty-four to two against Kentucky uh just we we got to look at that box score in a bit because that is some wild shit that happened to Mike Leach and the Bulldogs in Lexington but first uh you know coming off that Kentucky win Ole Miss takes on Alabama in Oxford on Saturday it's a night game um I mean there's no such thing as a moral victory and Kiffin says that and I mean that definitely is true in college football but this is about as close as you're going to get. I mean, it's tied against Alabama with what, like six, seven minutes left in the fourth. They, they scored 
Uh, in the end, 48 points on Saban and Pete Golding's defense. Just honestly, a very, very fun game. Maybe the most fun I've had watching an Ole Miss game since I can't even tell you. Like, you could say the Sugar Bowl, Bowl, Sugar Bowl. Bowl probably, right? With Hugh Freeze in 2015. Uh, yeah. But damn, that was crazy. I mean, that game was insane. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, for me, when they got to the half tide, I'm like, I'm like, they did. They already beat expectations. Yep. And Kiffin had, he had a recruiting sales pitch to say, I can score. I need you to come play defense. You can be out here right now and really played him even all the way up until uh, they were even up until uh, they kicked the field goal. The uh, bot, bot yeah, snap no. or, but I mean, and we could sit here and talk about defense couldn't stop anything which yeah, that was obvious and Bama's defense couldn't stop Ole Miss either for most of the game and mm-hmm. really even with it being a, a punch for punch kind of shootout Ole Miss had opportunities they missed um you, you mentioned bad snaps I mean Ben Brown is is transitioning over to center and there's there are a couple of different times with a couple of bad snaps that ruined drives and then I mean ma- major respect to Kiffin for the onside kick in the fourth I mean also at the same time I don't think anybody was that upset when Alabama recovered it because did it really make a difference that they were going 50 yards or 80 yards? It didn't, it no. didn't mean anything different at all. Um, so that was the right move. And if they had recovered it, damn, maybe they could have won that game. That was, that was pretty insane. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to even fathom the 180 we're talking about when it comes to Ole Miss's play calling from, you know, Longo and Matt Luke to now I and mean, Rich Rodriguez even. I mean, the play calls are just out of this world. They're, they're running on third and long and converting it. They're, they're, they're fearless. They're really taking what the defense has given them. Who, who's playing better than Matt Corral right now? Matt Jones. Who just, and, and he had the benefit of playing Ole Miss's defense. You know, they're I bet playing, Corral. They're I bet playing Corral, the same, basically, I would say. I, I bet Corral wishes he could go against Ole Miss's defense uh, in a real game. Because he would light them up. They look yeah. really good in practice. Yeah, I yeah, bet he yeah. does. Uh, but, I mean, uh, yeah, so year one, and already you're scaring the shit out of Saban, and you're covering the spread. Uh, which is important and reminds me of our friends over at Bet Online. Uh, you know, the wait is over as we've been talking about. We have a ton of sports happening now. Football, we already talked about MLB, the NBA Finals just wrapped up. Congratulations to LeBron James and the Lakers. Uh, so we might not be able to go to games this year, but still you can get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online goes the extra mile to make sure you can get on everything imaginable from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online. Gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head over to Bet Online today. Use our promo code Armchair. Take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Uh, speaking of scaring Kiffin, or sorry, scaring Saban, I should say they're so similar, right? Uh, how about Saban after the game being so butthurt and uh, claiming that maybe Kiffin had stolen his defensive signs, and, and that's why his his defense is getting whipped by the hurry up. That was pretty rich, I thought. That and then yeah. Pete Golden getting stripped of his duties too. Pete Golden the best part. A very familiar part. name for most people. It, yeah. it, it, it's almost like Saban needs to blame something from a PR like pub pub standpoint. He can't. He, he's not willing to stand up and say we just got our ass kicked that that week. Yeah, he probably doesn't week. want to admit that his yeah. former assistant is actually giving him trouble in his first well, year. Well, let, let, let's clarify something here. Kiffin doesn't really come from the Saban tree. Yep. He just happened to work for him. Kiffin's his own deal. And Kiffin helped 
bring he helped bring Alabama. Well, he brought the Alabama offense into the modern age, and what the, yeah. and they followed suit by uh, having Sark run the offense, which is basically one of the closer things to have the continuing Kiffin running it. Probably a l- little bit lesser version. No, I think I mean Kiffin talks about how he owes Saban a lot in his career, right? But I mean, I think Saban and the offenses he has now owe a lot to Kiffin's time there. Like John said, really brought them out of that old power eye, you know, type football that Alabama was known for for so long. And I mean, now they run, they run spread, they run no huddle, you know, they run jet sweeps, all this other stuff. There's actually an article today uh, in the athletic by Andy Staples talking about Kiffin's offense and kind of how he started making this offense when he was at Alabama and Saban told him to go study some of these teams. Uh, Like they lost to Ohio state in 2014, I think was the year. Uh, He went out and he interviewed Tom Herman, who was the former Ohio State offensive coordinator, learned about the jet sweep concepts, and then he studied Oregon uh, and some of the stuff they were doing. And then finally, what I think is pretty kind of like the most important piece and the biggest piece of what we're doing now, uh, he studied that Art Bryles offense at Baylor. Um, And obviously, Art Bryles' son-in-law, Jeff Levy, uh, is the play caller at Ole Miss and uh, let's see, Kendall Bryles is offensive coordinator at Arkansas, worked with Lane. Uh, at FAU that first year. Um, so I, I think this offense is really incorporating all of these pieces of these really exciting revolutionary or the, the, the offenses that everybody loved to watch. And they're kind of all crammed into one with this Kiffin offense. And you get this awesome mix of like RPOs, uh, inside power run schemes, and then throwing the actual route Yeah, no, the routes are, are brilliant. In that same Staples article, he shows kind of what's going on in the in in the play is like why you know you're making defenses make decisions pre-snap is like a huge part of it um i don't claim to be some football mind but basically the way i understand it you're lining people up in traditional like places traditionally that you would say are it's bad to put someone there what that makes you do like for instance having two wide receivers on either edge of the field outside the numbers you basically spread the offense or the defense out to the point where pre-snap you know that you're going to get five or six yards on a run because they literally can't cover you in the box because they have to cover your other players. So it's just well thought out. And it's stuff that I'm not used to after watching Matt Luke and, and Longo for the last three years. The, the fact that thought went into this offense just boggles my mind, right? And it's fun to watch. It's like, a, l- a little bit different angle. I mean, we talk about the, sch- the scheme's great and everything from an X and O standpoint. The other thing that I don't think can be – overstated is just the national draw that Kiffin has mm. and it gets talked about ESPN's running a Saban versus Kiffin feature in his math with the players. I think Dennis Dodd was on the was on their post-game presser they were talking about I mean draw and people are going to talk about people are generally going to write um, things that they're going to say either Kiffin's mature or Kiffin's interesting to where Pete, it's going to draw attention. It's going to be – he's perceived as one of the premier people to go play for. I mean, who who out there is definitively better to go play for from a career development standpoint than Kiffin? I haven't really thought this, thinking out loud. Saban, you could argue, just because of track record. Dabo. But, maybe but Lincoln. I mean, maybe Lincoln Riley. Maybe. Lincoln Riley from a quarterback perspective, but um, yeah, yes and no. I mean, Saban has coached some. No, some, Lincoln Riley's fair. Um, I just think. I mean, sorry. I think Kiffin. I said Saban again. I think Kiffin has a resume you can stack up against 
uh, Lincoln or others. And then especially at the end of this season, if Matt Corral stays in the top five and all these, these statistics, I mean, this is a guy that was benched last year, like legitimately benched, couldn't start over a run first quarterback and blame that on coaching, obviously, but to be able to turn him around in nine months like this and get this kind of production, what quarterback prospect looks at that and says like, yeah. you know, I don't trust this guy to turn me into a star. Obviously he's a QB whisperer. That's, that's but awesome. I would say Kiffin's can be comparable to Ryan day. Um, comparable to Harbaugh. It's a diff- different kind of probably has a longer track record than day even. Yeah. Yep. Going back to you, I would say so. comparable Bush. ahead of Orgeron. I mean, Orgeron is quickly becoming apparent. He had it's, it was Dave Aranda, Joe Brady, yeah. Burrow players, and, and Ed managed the chemistry of that team. But we're seeing I, the warts of it now. I really don't. Outside of those three, we Dan Bowen, maybe not necessarily from like a development boost mm. from like a pro. A pro Kiffin's in the same tier as that. Kiffin's in the five to. The five to fifteen tier. I mean, yeah. In- I mean, if Dan Mullen didn't have Dak, that's really his highlight when it comes to the QBs. Because Tebow obviously didn't work out at the pro level. He's really he's famous, but I don't think you can point to that. But you know, I think Kiffin. It also, when you get when you look past the quarterbacks and the production he's out of quarterbacks, he, he's he's sneaky with the running back and tight end production as well. I mean, you take his his running back at I mean his tight end at FAU, and then he he coached. Uh, you know, Devin Singletary at FAU. Obviously, he coached big, big names at Alabama and USC. And then now he has Connor and Ely playing really well. I think he's going to be able to lean on all of this on the recruiting trail. Uh, and, and also he has a chance to, you know, with Elijah Moore, it's early. But Elijah Moore is leading the country in a lot of Cisco categories. Yeah. Elijah Moore could finish in the – I mean, I think at this point it's almost expected he'll finish in the top ten of receivers in college football. It could be higher than that. Who's going to be – who is more – who brings a better combination of uh, competence to prepare you for the NFL and fun than Kiffin right now? Right. No, for sure. I think you put those two together, he's he's on par ahead of pretty much everyone. Well, people have said he's trying to do this kind of Oregon-type thing, right, where you you take a program uh, and and through a combination of success – and uniqueness and, and kind of fun. You create this brand uh, that's really exciting. And, and you know, if you remember when we were back Who, when we were kids, who's the, who's the Phil Knight bankroll? And that, this is the, this the is what's going to come problem. down to is recruiting uh, recruiting uh, resources and behind the scenes structure. That's Walker what's Jones. <laughs> I mean, I would that's say what, that, that's going to differentiate this being an eight nine win, kind of a seven to nine win program. That's interesting to a legitimate to getting to where it could be a legitimate contender no that's true and what i'll say is that the the old miss bagman had three years of matt luke to save up so they they should have the money right now what we need is the competence in running the machine uh and i like to think that between kiffin and glenn boyce and keith carter there's enough uh kind of knowledge and competence to make yeah. sure that things don't get out of control does anyone look know. at Kiffin winning and say he's cheating? See, I think that's where he has a huge advantage over Freeze yeah. is he has enough of a, of a brand and enough cachet. And also, right now, and this is something Freeze never did. About how to, if the NCAA shows up, you just you, you know you, you say little slash the right thing as opposed right. to – Well, that know, too. But, but I don't think you can compare, even through three games – you can't compare this offense to what Freeze was doing to scrap together six and six here in his rebuild. Like, I think right away, Kiffin showing you, I can take whatever players 
and via scheme and coaching. And that I think kind of, it, it, it makes a recruiting more credible when you're able to say, well, yeah, we're recruiting well because we scored 48 in Alabama in game three. I mean, that, that, that's what you're recruiting to, right? So I think that helps as well. Um, and yeah, it's, it's exciting, man. It's Who, who's the O-line coach? Uh, Randy Shannon, right? No, it's Wait, the guy from it's the guy from sorry, Florida Clements, State. Randy Clements. That's what I was. Randy yeah. Shannon's a defensive coach. Uh, he was yeah, with um, Kendall at um, FSU. Okay. Randy Clements. Those guys, what they've done with the line is probably yeah. the most underrated aspect. The O line's underrated. Part. Let's give Luke credit. He stacked bodies in the O line room and and developed some guys. I think well, you know what they say about blind them. squirrels. They get acorns too. <laughs> Luke, Luke's a he was a good O line coach. Exactly. He can't, he's a competent O line coach, but that's what yeah. he is. Yeah, he never should have. I mean, he was a he was a seat warmer. He was never really expected to do much with the program, and it's not surprising that it all worked out the way it did. I think, in retrospect, somebody somebody had to worse. Say, I agree, and I know <laughs> I know Austin. You were talking about Chad Morris earlier. <laughs> the decision to hire Luke over Chad Morris maybe was a good one, but I mean, you needed somebody to sit, and we talked about this before. You needed somebody to sit and wait out the NCAA shit. And he did that. And now that stuff's behind us. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be a transition or ordeal. Like, Lane would not have done the transition. No, he Um, wasn't coming here when the punishment was in effect. And Doran's probably still the coach if he had gotten the job. So it kind of all works out. Yep. And then, uh, I mean, honestly, thinking back into more recent history, I mean, thank God – we we didn't hire uh, the Norvell because I mean maybe he'll get Florida State turned around. It's a tough situation, but it's hard for me to believe he'd be doing a better job with this roster right now than Kiffin is. No, Norvell's ass. He's been a PR disaster. Yeah, I mean he had yeah he had COVID. That's rough. I think he I think he inherited a worse situation than Lane. If that's at all possible, I agree. But it's hard for me to think of any candidate and think that they're going to do a better job these first three games than Kiffin has. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm just saying it's going to be anything for anybody. I'm saying from day one, I think Ole Miss was a better job yeah. day one than Florida State day one for the yeah. two of them walking in. Yeah, I, I, think I think Norvell picked the bigger brand. I think Durkin schematically has looked okay. I, I can't say anything there. I think it's just the it's player, it's cohesion and talent on the defensive side of the ball. And there's a huge size issue. I mean, I, I have a lot of faith in Durkin as a coordinator, so it leads me to believe he's going to get it turned around. It's just like yeah. it's been a tough situation, right? I feel like there's a plan, which is more than what I can say. Two coordinators. That I'm curious to see how they hand, what, what can they do in the grad transfer market this offseason. Yeah, especially. They are, they are going to have opportunities to accelerate the roster rebuild through um, transfer. Tra- new transfer. And also the, the rumor that there's going to be a, a, a no penalty trans, one-time transfer rule passed, right? So that yeah. can make things really interesting for Kiffin's rebuild. If you combine some solid recruiting of impact freshmen – with this ability to go out and, and instantly sign people from other schools, that could get really interesting. I, I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's funny to say meme one and two, but we'll look around the league in a second and look I, at the two losses though. You played two. It's, it's probably your two hardest games on your schedule from what we know now about the other teams they are going to play. I mean, A&M arguably is up there as well, but beam one and two, it feels like this rebuild is ahead of schedule. Interesting to see can they can they get to like six wins? It's it's 
they don't have to get to a number of wins. It's as much how they look, but because uh, the def- defense is bad enough, they'll probably lose a game or two that you feel I like mean, I think, yeah, I mean, combination of defense and Luke Logan, yeah, you're probably going to lose one you should win. And, hell, it could be this weekend. I mean, Arkansas is much but you could. You could lose the you could lose at Arkansas and turn around and beat Auburn at home. Like that's entirely I think, possible. I think Vanderbilt is a sure win, and you could tell me any other result for any other game, and I'm not yep, surprised. I would agree. No, I think I I think Mississippi State is a sure win. We'll see what changes on their team, but you can't tell me that their offense is scarier than ours. I I I just would I would rather if we, if if that that game is looking like. Less like a shootout and more like a boat race, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, I think things are only going to get worse, and that's at the end of the year. Who knows what, what kind of well, that, state of mind. And we're jumping yeah. all over the place. But, yeah, the rumor is that Kylan Hill and K.J. Costello are off the team or not going to play anymore, not going to start. I mean, I don't – I think Leach is in for an interesting couple years there. We'll see what happens. I mean, that team was already fractured after the uh, Joe Moorhead, good grief, the Moorhead era feels like it was three years ago. Yeah, I know. I know. Leach is not a. Remember, he's not a unifier. I would say exactly. I was. What is it? It's only nine, nine or so months so ago much. that uh, they they had they had a defensive player break the the quarterback's jaw at practice. I mean, holy yeah. shit! That's, yeah. that's. And then turn around to beat LSU, and you think everything's fixed? It's not surprising. There's some cracks in that in that yeah. facade. But I think what's going to be interesting with this offense is uh, is somebody going to figure out kind of how to shut it down and you know it's early it's too early to say for sure but the fact that they can pass for 400 yards or whatever against florida and kentucky and then turn around and be like the what the first team ever to have 200 yard rushers against alabama um it just seems like they're taking whatever the defense is giving them which to me seems like it's going to be a lot harder to shut down than like you know what we've seen in the past like Remember with Bo Wallace, there was something about like you split your defensive ends out wide, and then the the offense just Florida Florida did that, you know, to win in uh, Gainesville or whatever. I don't remember the, the specifics, but I'm just if this offense stays on this pace, they're gonna have some insane numbers for a ten game season, all in the SEC. Yep. I think you just look at Lane's offenses, and you look at those Baylor offenses that and UCF offenses. They they just kind of tailor it to whatever personnel they have, like. Those Baylor teams were balanced. Those UCF teams were balanced. Lane's yeah. teams were balanced that these which, guys came from. Which is funny because right now, you know, they, they have personnel at every position that can can be dominant. I mean, Yaboa looks great. He he looked amazing versus Alabama. Elijah Moore, and then you have a couple other guys behind him, like Mingo and Drummond. We talked about the offensive line. Two really good running backs with a third in Parrish that's a freshman that's solid. Uh, and then a great quarterback. I mean, damn, it – they really they they're they have the personnel to take advantage of whatever the defense gives them, I guess. Then you have John Rice. You about to say you <laughs> got John Rice the Swiss but Army he knife in the slot. In that one play, that's the most un, that's an unsung part of the game. Is well, he didn't he almost fumbled and he only got he played one snap, baby. Yep. I yeah. If you tell me after this year he's transferring, I mean, is anybody surprised? Great. Can we kid. start? Can we just get this going? Oh, this is a table call with some hot take. Um, actually, I got two of them right now since we're, right. on hot, we're on. We got the we got the takeometer out. One, Plumley is hurting the team not playing defense. You can't tell me he wouldn't be one of the best eleven defensive players. And it's mm-hmm. seriously, it may it may even be to the point it cost him a game. 
Mm-hmm. He's a bad rebel. He doesn't love Ole Miss. Doesn't want to go play defense and help the team be out there with his teammates. What you put and him two, on? a complete, complete different side note. The Titans here up 21-10. Mm-hmm. The Marlins getting to the division series. Uh, first playoff appearance in 17 years. Just got to say. Wait, COVID how about the, the Braves' oh. first playoff win since 01? Yeah, I know. But the Marlins got there, too. Just play along here, Austin. COVID is the a – The Marlins have won two World Series since we won our last World Series. You're burying my things. comment here. COVID right, is it, a performance-enhancing virus uh-huh. based on all these teams uh-huh. that have had these outbreaks. They're doing well. They're not doing bad. I mean, if the Jets got COVID, they might win a game. I'm just saying. That's How about the Cardinals? Thing. What did the Cardinals do? Didn't they get to the playoffs at least? Yeah, they got they, they lost made the playoffs. Though. Everybody got to the playoffs this year. <laughs> Phillies didn't, but they don't count. It's widely expanded. It's the interesting. Did not. So what you're saying, John, is number one, Vanderbilt's primed for a comeback after shutting down a couple of days I ago. I mean, Alabama had COVID parties. Just saying. Number I mean, two. Florida loses to A&M. Dan Mullen complains about the 24,000 fans being mm-hmm. the difference. They're like, let's get more COVID. They shut down, and what you're telling me is they're they're about to go on a tear, win the rest of their games. They can still yeah, win the East. they're whipping George's ass. Just wait. So that's it. So let's talk about some of the other results from this weekend. We touched on a couple of them. Uh, LSU loses at Missouri to go one and two for the first time in a long time. I mean – I, I fully think that it doesn't matter what they do this year. Their fans don't care. They they won last year. They can take a couple years off. Just blame COVID. Or, it's a COVID Orgeron year. gets a year because it's just a weird deal. I don't think they care. But yeah. he can't – he doesn't get – Miles did not, Miles they, did not have that long of a leash. If they suck again next year, he's on the hot seat going to 22. I don't know. Honestly, dude, I think the combination – of the Burrow year and the one of the greatest teams to ever play the game and the fact that he's Ed O and they love his personality and he's their guy, I think he gets a longer leash than just about any other coach would. I think you know, he gets two I think he gets two free years and then it's a conversation. They kept Miles around for a pretty long time when he was doing derpy shit. I mean, well, Miles got the two in the country in fifteen and kind of fell and then they fired him the next year, but it was kinda of, but yeah. Ed's uh Egg gets two years, especially with He's COVID. one of their own. Yeah. I, I know he is, but – I think but, no matter what happens this year, I he'll saw stay popular, but yeah. There were guys running 10 yards open in Missouri defense. What? How does that happen? Yeah, let's just say I hope Bo Pelini's renting in Baton Rouge and didn't buy his house because I don't think he's going to be there very long. Bo Pelini may, may legitimately get fired during the season. <laughs> I mean, they look, is, like, they look like shit. I mean, let's check Bo out the schedule Pelini, real quick. Will Bo Pelini be running the beat defense when Ole Miss plays in last game of the year? Here's a question: What would what would the Ole Miss defense look? What, okay, what would DJ Durkin do with that talent on the LSU defense? Oh yeah, um, that's an interesting question. We, I mean, is, well, can we you. trade players? I, think I tell Durkin's you, pretty good, but could be pretty good coordinator. But we just got to see. I I would hope I would hope DJ Durkin wouldn't be too proud to play zone against Mike Leach in game one when you're losing. And, yeah. and just stick in man the whole time and get your ass beat. I would hope Dirk would have better than that at least. Yeah, yeah, dude, this this LSU schedule, they're one and two. They're about to lose to Florida. If that game gets played, it'll probably get postponed. So their next game might be South Carolina. Okay, maybe South Carolina and Baton Rouge you could win. And then you got at Auburn, Alabama, Arkansas, A&M, Ole Miss. I mean, they could they – could There's finish. not a sure win on that schedule. No, I know. I mean – 
They well, already won the their league, if you If you look at the league this year, I'd say Georgia, Georgia, and Alabama appear cut above. Although I don't, I wouldn't mm. say either one of them's on. You know, definitely going undefeated. Georgia's well, defense they play might, be better better, than, but, might be better than Bama's. But I, they play each other. But somebody could knock them off outside of each other. Well, I mean, Florida yeah. could be them, and I'm not going to be Florida. I think uh, Vanderbilt's terrible. I yeah. think everybody else can pretty much win. Could, could pull something off. Is that a fair? Thirteen could beat three. I mean, Arkansas is 13, and they're competent. No, Arkansas is not 13. Arkansas is better than Mississippi State. State. Mississippi State, sorry. Excuse me. Mississippi Ooh, State. Yeah, they're See, I don't, I, don't see, I don't see State beating most of these teams. I mean, th- this weekend against A&M, we'll see. But if, if Kentucky can beat you like that, maybe they'll – I mean, here's the thing. It's just they threw six picks in Lexington – and they handed the ball off to Hill seven times. I just can't. I I can't, dude. I can't understand what it's Leach insanity. is doing. I mean, it's Leach. He's not going to change. And that's why I think they're not going to get better because we know how stubborn Leach is. He's going to keep trying to make it work. Who? So let's. Well, ooh, this will be fun. Who, teams that teams that are unstable. State leads it. Um. Florida's a little bit unstable now, playing the COVID deal, yeah. suspending. This Auburn has potential to be Auburn that, has potential Auburn's, if Gus. If Gus Auburn's has, got blow up. Auburn always has that element under Gus. But they really, I mean, Chad yeah. Morris sucks. We 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 know that now. <laughs> yeah. And Bo Nix is not better. He looks like he he looks like a guy that needed that needed a spring, et cetera, to get get a new offense installed. They don't. They didn't get a chance to do it. They don't look very good. Um, if I'm Ole Miss, I think Ole, I'm Ole Miss. I'm feeling good about playing Auburn because you get yeah. to you, you're putting even you're putting pressure on Chad Morris and Bo Nix to go execute. So if he can go tackle that running back, mm-hmm. which that's a big but, yeah, it's a big if he, he might have three four touchdowns. But I, I think for Ole Miss, if you get through this weekend, and I don't think Arkansas is a sure win, um, but if they find a way to win this weekend, there's a lot of opportunities opening up on that schedule coming up. Yep. Uh, uh, Austin, can you tell me what happened in this Arkansas Auburn game? Because I've heard people talking about it, but I didn't really watch it. Um, Arkansas. T- tell you what, Justin. Tell you what. Do you have pull up YouTube? Yeah. There's there's got to be a clip of this. I I, I legitimately want to see you read. If you haven't was, seen was the it a fumble play or question. something. It was a fumble. Auburn Arkansas spike fumble. I think. You oh no! I watch, I watched this. I watched this live. So Nick's. Okay. Nick spiked the ball backwards. Right? Wait, wait, wait. The, the snap was okay. He's under Dropped center. The snap. He, he the bounced center the, snap, the snap, and then he like spiked it backwards, right? I've, yeah, I mean, so I've it was never a fumble. seen that happen. Uh huh. Okay, I I have seen the fumbled snap in a spike, and that is intentional ground, which is what they call. But yeah. he spiked it backwards, which is a, which should have been a fumble, but they a blew lateral. Yeah. 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 So so that was the big controversy in the game. Yeah, I actually was watching that. They should. Yeah. They, well. Did, did, I didn't go back and look, Austin. Did somebody clearly recover the ball? Yeah. Well, the Arkansas player kind of sort of – Picked it up. Recovered. They blew the whistle dead. And then Arkansas very clearly fumbled it after the whistle had blown, which was their their argument. Mm. The Auburn player stopped when the whistle blew. Okay, so, yeah, actually, I remember now. We were watching a lot of these games finish up because there were so many upsets going on. Like, the, the final Missouri possession was exciting – uh, that was after this Arkansas Auburn game, and then uh, we watched the end of A and M Florida as well. Um, okay, I do remember that now. Okay, 
So but I guess we're the, the the problem was that the refs blew it dead when they should have just let it play out. They just let it play it out. I think it would have been a fumble and, and Arkansas mm-hmm. would have won. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so tell me about this Kendall Bryles, Felipe Franks offense. Like what should, what should Ole Miss be most afraid of going into this? And then what's Arkansas's defense like? I think it's just kind of the competent defense. The defensive coordinators, he's had some really good plans against – Against Mississippi, against Georgia, Mississippi State, right. and um, and Auburn, he was the head coach at Missouri. So I mean, what was their what was their plan for Auburn? What what they kind of try to emphasize? Well, they got down, but then I, I mean, I think Auburn just kind of took the pedal off the metal. I mean, took the the foot off the gas, and they. Yeah. I mean, Arkansas really just hung around. They didn't do anything great. They Arkansas really probably didn't deserve to win, but Arkansas just went ahead, and then Arkansas just kind of hung around. They chipped away. So if Ole Miss is able to go up two scores, I don't think they've done yet this year. But let's say hypothetically, is is Frank's going to be passing down the field enough to get, to keep them in a shootout? I mean, they take a few shots, but I mean they they just try to nickel and dime you really? with the the run game and and, and passing short. So I mean, there... Felipe Franks is Felipe Franks. On what I've I mean, I've seen most of the, the three games that they play. He is who he was at Florida. Right. Right. He's a damn Mullen quarterback and not like the, the top of the line ones yeah. or like the middle. He's not Matt Corral. That's for sure. There's, yeah, a, there's, there's a very decided advantage. When Speaking it comes of to Matt play. Corral, I think maybe the, the, the biggest development, I mean, we all thought maybe he could be this passer at his best, but the decision-making and the, the ability to run uh, and pick up important conversions has been pretty impressive so far. His ceiling height is – he's complete – Nobody thought his ceiling was this high. He's fast. He's a he's super fast. When and he just, when they ran the bootleg, and I forget who he made it might have been Sertain on a corner blitz, like got around him, and then yep. got, he, then he outran Dylan Moses, and then yep. forget either picked up yards or threw it down the field. It was, it was a like, third down. Yeah, it was like holy shit! That is an elite athlete that made other dudes miss, and this is and the fourth down conversions too. I mean, the ability to yeah. make those decisions in that situation and that pressure is insane. The whole and, narrative that he got jumpy and couldn't make decisions, which is what the uh, yep. loser Matt Luke staff did last year, has been completely obliterated by how he's played the first. I mean, that, he legitimately doesn't find have a bigger indictment of Corral this year versus last year and what and how and, and coaching staff indictment of the coaching, absolutely. And and uh, it's it's insane when you think about the way Corral was billed as like this gunslinger that was going to pass into triple coverage or whatever. He hasn't thrown a single what should be interception all year. His one interception was a batted ball that they got lucky on. He hasn't made a bad decision, which is that, insane. The, the throw in the fourth quarter where they got the pass interference on Yeboa was not a good – I don't think it was a great Well, decision. sorry, I'm just going off what PFF apparently said, like that he hasn't made like an expected interception throw or whatever. But, yeah. yeah. So, Austin, who wins this game between Ole Miss and Arkansas? I mean, I think Ole Miss does. I just don't think Arkansas can score with, with Ole Miss. I think if Ole Miss shows up like they've showed up the last three weeks, I think Ole Miss wins. I mean, I feel like they've had three really good efforts. I, I'm, I mean, maybe that's just kind of the MO. Maybe they just always show up. I mean, they're primed for a letdown, yeah. Mm-hmm. At, at some point. Like, I mean, it's hard to have an A effort ten games out of the year. Yeah. I think, I think what you have to do with this Ole Miss team, at this point, three games in, it's like – well, until someone stops them, I'm going to assume you can't stop them. I mean, Florida's defense is bad. Kentucky's defense, not that bad. I mean, middle of the road. 
Alabama's should be a top two or three, probably a top two defense in the league, right? And they just completely embarrassed them. So until somebody figures out how to crack the code, I think you got to assume they're going to score in the 40s, right? Yeah. I, mean, I think Arkansas is going to try to make Ole Miss nickel and dime them, but I think Blaine is perfectly happy to nickel and dime them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, he'll, he'll they're, take They're his... just going to nickel and dime them really, really fast down there. Exactly. I was going to say down. that. Lane will take that Ely five yards eight times in a row, and it'll take about eight seconds to run each play, and he'll be perfectly fine with that. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think they're going to do. I mean, that's what Barry Allen did against Mississippi State. They just made them do sustained drives, and Mississippi State was not able to do it. And then yeah. Auburn, they, they had some miscues, and they had some stall drive. They had some missed field goals and some things like that. They just weren't able to sustain drives. I think Lane's perfectly fine just sustaining drives. And Something else that you saw a lot against Alabama, and maybe Arkansas has a better plan for this, but I think a kind of a, a hallmark of the offense that they're running, after a big play – Watch how quickly they hand the ball off and try to get in the end zone. It fucked up Alabama. Alabama got an illegal substitution penalty one time. It's like a, it's like a core part of the identity. It's, this is in the Staples article as well. But what you, you hit a big play, and then you run down and try to immediately run it into the end zone over and over. And uh, I think maybe uh, the Arkansas maybe will be disciplined enough to be able to handle that, but I think that's a really good idea against a lot of teams that just aren't ready to respond to that after gassing yeah. them on a big play. Um, all right, so yeah, let's talk about the lines. Uh, brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Don't forget to use our promo code Armchair uh, when you head over there and get all your sign-up bonuses. Also brought to you by Manscaped. You guys know the deal. Uh, it's a product to help with your pubes. There's a lot of talking points here. Uh, I promise you, it's gonna work great. Um, it's designed to not nick up all of your different parts down there. Seventy-nine percent. Uh, of partners poll. This is actually unrelated, but it caught my eyes. I love stats. They don't just sell stuff for your pubes and your balls. They also sell other personal grooming devices, um, such as your nose trimmers. That goes back to my stats. 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. So it's time to upgrade your manscaping routine all around. You get 20% off plus free shipping when you use our code armchair 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com uh get out there and whack your weeds fellas i, I know uh, we're all excited about that thank you manscaped heading over to the lines of the week uh first of all austin and sorry john i should say how did we do on our picks two weeks ago i gotta rack my brain here i think i picked alabama to cover in week two and i believe they did cover i'm trying to remember who i they have no played. idea they did again they did contain them a&M, and they covered. Yep. I don't remember who John would have picked, but oh well. We'll come back to that. I might have taken Vanderbilt. LSU killed them, and then LSU turns around and loses to Missouri. So. Yeah, I think you maybe You're missed. a week early. You're a week You're early a week on early. that one. Yeah. We, yeah. Uh, you had the right idea, though. You had a good feel for LSU. We also had taken Arkansas plus 17 or 19 or whatever in Starkville because that was uh, – That was easy money. That was, that was a easy money. free bet. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I just – I can't. I can't. I can't. I, we're going to talk about lines, but just if you're listening out there and you haven't seen the box score from Mississippi State at Kentucky, please go check that out. It'll make you say, what the fuck is this? What am I looking at? Like 60, 70 throws, six interceptions. It's just yeah. insane. I think Mississippi State outgained them by a good bit, if I remember right. Yeah, because what happened was they keep they kept going down and like Didn't throwing Kentucky pick sixes. have less than 200 yards? Kentucky had – yeah, Kentucky had two pick sixes. Uh, first of all, I think one was tackled at the one or something. It was a DT, but the other one was taken back uh, in addition to four other interceptions. So, yeah, 
And and what's funny is the uh, the one safety. It wasn't even a defensive play. The the long snapper snapped it into the end zone, and the Australian punter ran back there and kicked it through the back of the end zone. So yeah, it is a pretty tough day uh, for the Bulldogs there. But hey, it's a new week to get to play A and M now uh, off their off their win over Florida. So that should be fun for them. Yeah, I don't uh, care what the number is. I'm laying the points. I don't care what the line is. I think it opened what? like A and M minus six or something. So I was like, yeah, let me let me take that. <laughs> Um, Auburn, South Carolina, Auburn is favored by three points. Uh, really not a very exciting game there from my perspective. I mean, I haven't watched um, South Carolina this year. I think year. it's what exciting like? from the st- – it's, it's in Columbia. I think Auburn can – I think Auburn can lose the game, which would That's really – So, they go to Columbia, then to, uh, to Oxford, correct? Auburn, Auburn next week? That would be – that would be good for Ole Miss, I would say. I'd be like, yep. Big opportunity for Muschamp to win a game to kind of get He needs to win field. something. Yeah. He, he hasn't won a lot. He, he beat Georgia, I think it was either last year or two years ago. But yeah, like it feels like it's not going to work there. He needs to win. He needs to sneak get a figure out a way to win a couple to uh, – Yeah, what's their, what's their record now? One and two losses Maybe Vandy. To, Maybe Vandy. Pete Vandy lost, lost to Tennessee. Tennessee, lost to Florida, I believe. And Tennessee yeah. had a pretty big letdown in that Georgia game, huh? I mean, that was the CBS game. They lost by 25. I tell you, they were, they were good for a half, and then this offense fell apart in the third quarter. And Georgia's done that twice now. They they no-show the first half against Arkansas. They no-show yeah. the first half against Tennessee, and then they show up in the second half. I don't know if they can do that against Alabama. I don't know if you can no-show I, I, I thought it was more Garantano – was Garantano in the third quarter. Right. I'm a Tennessee fan. I'm ready for him to graduate. Yeah, it seems like he's been there for eight years. Uh, all right, so, yeah, I think Auburn uh, – yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'd go on this one. Three points sounds about right. Definitely a losable game for, for Auburn. And then, yeah, maybe they're – I don't know. They got Ole Miss next week. I don't know what their, what their mental's like. Um, Kentucky, Tennessee. Tennessee minus five and a half. They should be good. It's at Tennessee. Kentucky's pretty one-dimensional. I assume Tennessee's uh, defense is Tennessee's better. defense played well against Georgia, I thought. I know the score got to 44, but I, I – They should be good. I think Tennessee's good enough to really slow down Kentucky the Kentucky offense. The question is, can Garantano can turn the ball over and can they get to yeah. – If Garantano – It feels like Tennessee them. 24, Kentucky – 16, something I, like that. I don't think if Kentucky has, like, a big takeaway defense either. I think that was more State and yeah. Costello passing in the triple coverage. Yeah, yeah. I think Tennessee can beat bad teams if Guarantana doesn't mess up. Yeah, Tennessee is pretty clearly the, the third best team in the East, right? I mean, I, I feel like the East is a little more stratified than the West. So, yeah, you're saying Georgia, Florida, Tennessee. Right, right, right. And then I would say Vandy's Kentucky at the bottom. And then Kentucky and Carolina are kind of in their own tier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then Mizzou is the first-year head coach. They're kind of – Oh, yeah. I, I think Mizzou eventually could be good, but it's just – it's a lot of work to do there. Yeah. I think Drinkwitz probably has some potential as a coach. We'll see. I so think yeah, it's, I, a good, it's a good spot for him to, like, have two or three years to grow into – yeah, something, something solid. Yeah, sorry, but I think they're definitely in that tier with South Carolina and Kentucky, and then Vandy under that, right? Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Ole Miss, Arkansas opens Ole Miss minus three. 
53% of bets are on Ole Miss, but the line is now at minus 2.5 where I'm looking at this uh, aggregator. Um, I mean, they're probably going to win by seven or lose, right? So I'll take minus 2.5 if I'm betting on that game. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like Ole Miss anything under a touchdown. Yeah, right, you would think. The honest. way they play and the, the, way they're, the way they don't kick field goals, yeah. I just don't think Arkansas can score at them. The the line seems short though, so I just it just kind of makes you question. Yeah. yeah, if the offense keeps playing the way they have, Ole Miss wins. But if they kind of they turn it over a couple times, if they, I mean, they're due for a bad game, game, right? They've had three good offensive games kind in of a row. Slump, Florida. Yeah. Eh. Have, have we? Have, I mean, I know they lost two games, which is weird to say. Do you think that team has faced any kind of adversity? Or I feel like the I feel like. Even like the Florida game, I feel like they were just kind of in it, you know. And then the Albion game, they were just kind of in it. I mean, it'd be kind of like the that some of those uh, freeze teams. Like, I mean, there were some games where you had adversity and you actually kind of had to well, count back. Well, Kentucky, they were down fourteen. Yeah. So I I think what's real one really important thing is like they keep doing this thing where the other team gets the ball to start the second half and they let the other team have the ball last in the first half as well. And I think that's dangerous. And, and they were able to recover from it against Kentucky, but that 14 point swing in a shootout can really kill you. So I'd like to see some, some thought put into avoiding this. They just score so fast that it's really hard to control, you know, possessions and the clock for Ole Miss offense right now. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I think this game could could go either way. If you told me Ole Miss had a, a horse on an offense for the first time this season, okay, it makes sense. They're probably looking ahead a little bit to Auburn. They're looking back to Alabama. But what's even a horse showing in the thirties? Right. Yeah. Exactly. What's, what's this is an interesting game to see how how good is this team from a week to week focus standpoint and well, how much how much they want a win because this is a win they can go get right they got to be focused on it they want to really kind want of it. a big program maturity moment it, it's definitely a step step in that direction can you show can you focus can you go show up and play well and execute on the road at Fayetteville and you should be able Pro to mindset right. on on the other side of it for Arkansas like. You won your first conference game in three years. You had a really, really good showing. You feel like you probably won the game against Auburn. Yeah, you have I'm really fa- – I'm, I'm fascinated to see their headspace going into this game after two A efforts and, and just kind of led down to having the game feel like you got stolen from. Yeah. Maybe Odom is going to have an amazing plan. He's going to figure out this, this Kiffin offense that kind of combines all these different concepts. But I also would say that – having a lot of confidence maybe isn't a great thing when you're going into an offense designed to take advantage of kind of what you think is about to happen on the play. And I mean, I don't think Alabama's defense lacked any confidence going into that game. Right. And it's all, it's all about exploiting kind of what you think is happening. So I don't know. I think this could be a a good game. And I think if Ole Miss gets this win, yeah, you're getting really excited for that Auburn game. You got a chance to get on a little bit of a roll if you're Ole Miss. So uh, it's it's exciting. It's we haven't felt this way on this football in a long time. Uh, it's A&M, not Matt Luke and Chad Morris. Not so much. Uh, A and M Mississippi State. A and M opens uh, minus six. Now minus six and a half. I think a touchdown is pretty safe in that game. I, I think the only idea would be that is A and M going to have a letdown after beating Florida. But damn, I just don't, I don't think it matters. Faith. I don't think I don't have any faith in Leach's offense right now. He doesn't have what he needs to make that successful right now. He doesn't have buy-in from his players either. 
And I think I think you just I think the Arkansas showed if you play zone, you can stop. You can stop. Yeah, yep, and Kentucky did it as well. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's it's it won't happen probably. But one and nine is like legitimately in play for that Mississippi State team if they're not careful. Like they they, they don't play Vandy, do they? they? No, they, they don't. don't. Uh, I mean, Arkansas and Kentucky were kind of two must wins for them on that schedule. They have, they have to play Georgia. I don't know if they play Tennessee again. Yeah, the state. Who does state have this weekend? Uh, they're playing A&M, so that's a loss, right? You, in you Kyle think, Field? I think so. What's the line? No, it's in Starkville, but the line is A&M minus six and a half. Ooh, that's it. Damn. I, 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 I think they're like, like a game. Tell, tell me the most aggy shit ever is not to go in and lose in Starkville this it week. It is. It is. And it would be funny. Very hey, aggy. It might be even funnier than say losing. But I mean, they, they, are, feel, they are begging you to take the Aggies with that line. Oh yeah. The okay, world but I think Mississippi State Lock of be, the Week. State plus six and a no, half. I think, that's, I think that doesn't We're gonna, make any sense. Hey, my locks have been terrible. We're gonna do something stupid here. They're right. begging me to say take oh, no, this. Hey, Austin, I was wrong. They do play Mike Leeds so. He's gonna pound Jimbo. It's gonna be tremendous. I would say two and eight is in play. The most likely outcome right now for State, looking at the schedule, is three and seven. So lose to A and M, lose to Bama, beat Vandy, lose to Auburn, lose to Georgia, lose to Ole Miss, beat Missouri. That's three and seven. And uh, I think Missouri's playing at a point where they exactly. They so it. it's a two and eight is now in play. I mean, it's 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 two and eight unless you can take one from Ole Miss. Look, we'll, we'll know a lot. Either state, either state's gonna wreck. How hard does State play this weekend? Do they rally, play hard, no. desperate? I don't think so. They're, they're, they're starting they the freshman. The they're starting the freshman at quarterback now. Um, I think at some point their defense that's been pretty good probably says, like, what the fuck are we even playing for? And maybe lets off a little bit. Um, I think I think State would have been better off playing call State. I think playing in Starkville is just going to make the thing make everything worse on Saturday. Yeah. I think the yeah. fans are going to turn on – on the team and on the oh, it was. I mean, I think it was happening this past weekend. Losing to Arkansas was one thing, but when you when you don't score a single offensive point after hiring this, you know, the air raid genius, I think that's a tough pill to swallow after beating LSU, right? I think both those were at home, right? Arkansas and Kentucky. They both no, they played home? at Kentucky. Oh, they played at Kentucky, but but I mean, they like if if they don't beat A and M. They're obviously – I mean, I think they're not going to beat Auburn, and that means they're about to go one and four in the next five. And then you finish with Ole Miss and Missouri. I mean, if you're, if you're what, two and, two and six going into Ole Miss and Missouri, why not end two and eight, right? You might as well just at that point roll over. That's tough. It was a, it was a big game. I mean, both the Kentucky and Arkansas games were big swing games to get to five wins for them, especially with how well Ole Miss's offense is playing. That game looks a lot harder now than it did three weeks ago. Um, all right. So is, the, so is the KJ Costello Heisman campaign over? I think they went ahead and, and threw away yep. the buttons they made. Yeah, I think they folded <laughs> that one up. Pretty funny. Um, all right, more SEC lines. Oof, LSU at Florida. Florida minus 11 and a half. Again, I think this game probably gets canceled this week, but if they were to play it, I mean, Florida wins by two touchdowns, right? LSU is 
limping along. Also, you got the COVID X factor, like John said. Yeah, they, they might come back even stronger than before. So I think they said today is Tuesday. They said they're going to reevaluate on Wednesday if they're going to reopen the football program at Florida or whatever. But it's hard to believe that they're not going to just postpone this game. Also, that, that, I think that move our game to ESPN, I think. Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, it's the same time slot. Did you guys see? I heard uh, somebody texted me and said that that Alabama Ole Miss game was the highest rated uh, Alabama game in like three years. Highest rated regular season Alabama game in like three years. Really? Yeah, I think that was right. Let me get the actual. Over oh, Alabama LSU last year. Let me, see, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Maybe on ESPN. Part maybe yeah. ESPN. Broadcast. That's right. That's right. Right. Uh, Ole Miss Bama was the most watched college football game of the season. Highest rated ESPN Alabama game in three years. Yeah, so not they both play on CBS, so I get yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so Vandy Missouri, same thing. I mean, this game has already been canceled, but the line moved to Missouri minus twenty. Might be a little high, but whatever. Not going to worry about cancel games. Here's the uh, the banner matchup of the weekend. Why is why is Georgia Alabama playing at night? Who's at two thirty? Um, CBS I mean, I has the eight o'clock. Oh, is, is, is this the double Saturday for CBS? No, I think no, they just have the one. They just have the one. Since when did they start doing that? I think last year. COVID. 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 Okay. I'm, I'm just gonna say COVID. That's just weird. <laughs> that's just that's just weird to have a, a CBS game at eight when there's not another one at two thirty. But okay. Um, Georgia, Alabama, Alabama minus six and a half. Alabama minus six. I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about that line? I think it's asking. I think it's begging you to take Alabama right because under a touchdown. Right. Right. John, do you agree? They want you to take Alabama right with that line. Hey guys, it's Justin editing the episode later on. Apologies. I think something went wrong at this point in the recording. Um, John had to leave the Zoom because of a technical difficulty, I think something with his iPad maybe dying. And as a result, apparently the Zoom recording stopped. So apologies, uh, you missed out another five minutes or so of me and Austin chatting about the lines. Um, but no worries, uh, we'll get that all sorted out before next week. And anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you later.